0: I
1: said give me a hell, yeah! Hi, everybody, and welcome to a super kick thigh slapping, creative team consolidating, Blood or walloping episode of the Brothers of Discussion. We're going to talk everything from Randy Orton. Randy Orton. Criticizing the NXT roster. Shame, Randy. Or maybe, is he right? I don't know. We're not there yet. Matt, the whispers of Adam Cole's um, escape to AEW with 18 months left on his contract. Matt, we're also going to make some backlash predictions. That and so much more. Another spicy... Flavorful week of professional wrestling. Bet, you never get a break. This week we had 3, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. That's about 16 hours of wrestling. Woo! That's just WWE and AEW. Sorry, New Japan. I don't have enough life time. The Beatles were wrong. We we'll only get seven huge, days.
0: Huge announcement from New Japan with their big tournament coming out. But no, I know. I just, well, 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 they, put well, cool they put somebody cool. They put somebody cool cool in the first
1: round so i just got to watch the first round and i'll be done
0: well if there's if there's gonna be somebody cool in the last round they're also no, in the first round no
1: i mean i meant to say the the first round matchup i want to see I'm uh, just teasing. uh wait uh where can the people find us so i bring up this bracket and i'll get all depressed <laughs>
0: Uh, everybody can find the Brothers of Discussion at brothers of discussion.com and bodpodcast.com. We're on Twitter at bodpodcast. We have a joint Instagram account that features both our Detroit Red Wings show, which is hockey to the, uh, the layman. And uh, of course, this wonderful pro wrestling show is at brothers underscore of underscore discussion. Now, if you could do us a favor, head on over to YouTube and find the Brothers of Discussion where we are posting our episodes. You can see me wear this week. cool shirt. Yeah, you can see Mike's cool shirt. You can only see the cool shirt shirt on YouTube and IGTV. So if you're listening on a podcast, you don't know which kind of cool shirt Mike's wearing. And of course, uh, myself, uh, I'm going to be looking eye to eye with Edge uh, all day long today while we're recording. Uh, wonderful background. I, 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 thought, I thought this one was perfect. Uh, but you can only see those on IGTV and YouTube. But if you go to YouTube, please... Uh, subscribe. Send us a comment on what you're thinking about what's going on in the show. And uh, of course, we'd love to uh, connect with everybody who uh, who wants to connect with us on YouTube. And finally, if you could do us the favor of going on over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review for us. Uh, we haven't gotten a good uh, we haven't gotten a review. All of our reviews are five stars. I was I was about to say we haven't gotten a good review in a long time. It's we get reviews left and right. We're all shit. No, I'm just kidding. We're, all, we're a five-star podcast. We just want more of those five stars. So if you have the time. Absolutely. Uh, and the uh, the final uh, two things here. If you go to anchor.fm slash brothers of discussion, you can support the show right now. Um, what it is is just an opportunity for you to help us make sure we're paying for our website, uh, paying for uh, the new Adobe stuff we're going to be putting together. Uh, it, it's a lot. We're not you don't have to do it. everything we're still gonna produce is completely free for you guys. Yes. but if you do have the means, we greatly appreciate it. And of course, we have to thank Our very first subscriber is Amy D. Amy. Woo! you know we, we hung out at the Royal Rumble. We can't wait to hang out again. Um, hey. Amy, you're not just a listener. you're not just uh, a, a, a friend of the show. You are a very dear friend of mine uh mike i don't want to speak for you but amy you you already know that you've <laughs> you've helped me clothe my baby so amy thank you from the bottom of my heart greatly appreciate We love amy as well. D. um and then the final thing is if you are looking for some cbd products you can head on over to podpodcast.com or brothers click that uh link at the top bar of the site uh it, it's just something we have on there for you to get uh, buy, buy two CBD products, get one free at cbdmedic.com. So you click on that link, we'll take you straight to the shop. You can get three products for the price of two. Uh, and then if you use promo code podcast, that's how you get that accomplished. But the main thing we need you to do is click on that link at the top of the bar on the website uh, before you even think about using the code, because that, that link at the top of the bar is what's helping us get uh noticed by cbd medic uh so it's just if you're buying some cbd products if you head on through that link we're gonna give you a discount and then it helps support the brothers of discussion so we're not uh we're not asking uh we're not asking for too much financial support it's just if you are buying some cbd products and you're a fan of the show just head on through that route and you actually get to support us that way uh so we greatly appreciate it and uh with that mike we got a heavy show here uh we gotta we gotta start rocking and rolling but i found the matchup breaking news that literally jumped. hold on before this breaking news
1: kota abushi and zach saber jr in the first round
0: it's gonna be a big loss for zach Sabre. watch that and i'm all done that's
1: all i wanted all right man what's this breaking news
0: uh, in an F, this is just tweeted by the WWE. So as we were putting stuff together, um, this, this is what I'm finding, uh, from the WWE in an effort to streamline our creative writing process for television. Uh, we have consolidated both teams from raw and SmackDown into one group led by Bruce Prichard, Paul Heyman. He's just going to be an advocate for, for, Brock. I almost said for Paul Heyman, for Brock Lesnar going forward. Um, wow. guys, this this is huge in the sense of news. I still stay. I still stand in that that uh, uh, that place, Mike. When when this was originally announced, remember when we were all excited about Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman. And Bischoff sets sail, and in comes uh, Brucey here. And I, I said at the time, and I'll say it now. I don't know how much they're actually doing none of us do like we don't know what their role is so i don't know how much this actually affects anything we're about to watch but i mean it's still it's still pretty big that whatever so we could safely assume anything going on raw right uh or what or was it oh i'm i'm sorry actually i don't even know if paul Heyman was doing raw or smack yeah i i met you you there's 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 so much to unpack here
1: um because how much should
0: we care about it mike and you're and you're let me ask you that (laughs) well
1: i think it would be a lot easier to kind of have you know real feelings about this you know wwe has been so adamant about you know we're a real sport you know oh we got a big free agent signing you know we got gms but ultimately we always know it comes down to whatever vince wants to do whoever vince wants to push Since, you know, Heyman was supposedly getting credit for the writing, you know, that's when we've seen Drew McIntyre up top. That's how we've seen, you know, The Fiend making his big uh, push. That's how we've seen Nikki Cross getting, you know, mic time. Uh, We've seen the Street Profits get called up early, raised eyebrows, and then all they've done is answer the call. So all those things, we kind of give credit to this era. So in terms of, you know, WWE wanting to be a real sport, Matt, one thing that, you know – when we look at how our teams are managed, you know, the Red Wings, um, you know, Pistons, cause we're in Detroit is we look at the GM. So I think it's almost like we kind of want to know. So we know who to give credit to or kind of who to give blame to, or be like, Hey, maybe we should make a move here instead of, you know, those, you know, almost annual grumblings about, you know, the old man's out of touch or, you know, do the wrestlers, uh, you know, are they pushing them correctly? it would be kind of nice if maybe that part of WWE was a little more transparent. So then we could kind of understand, you know, like whose writing styles we, we kind of jive with, you know, like uh, you watch the Mandalorian on Disney, Matt, all of a sudden episode 10 comes up and, or episode, was it, uh, was the last one eight or 10? I forget. doesn't matter. The, the finale was, uh, had a lot of pep to it. It was hilarious. The action was well paced and lo and behold, it was, you know, take a what Oh, taika Ty- taika but i i guess the the point is not my pronunciation and butchering of this man's uh first name but you can tell when you know like a, a master is is at the helm so i guess it would be nice at some point for us to, for us to understand who is ultimately you know like putting this stuff together uh, you know outside I, of the old man
0: so here's here's my perspective on this Cause this would
1: have more meaning for us i guess
0: uh, my, my perspective on this is is uh, the streamlining aspect, having one guy in charge of both shows. I think since we have people jumping back and forth, there's probably been a lot of, you know, well, where's this guy? Can I bring this guy over? And it, it probably causes, you know, somebody who's probably too high in the totem pole, let's say Paul Heyman, uh, no, you should have been watching SmackDown and Raw to know what was going on. Um... So I think, I think what this does, and I think this is why this is important for WWE fans, is that you're going to have one person managing the stories of these shows. So we don't have to worry about having things get confused. Uh, wins in one spot, not making sense on the next show, or somebody getting pushed too far on one show, and then they jump over to the next show, and, rah, and they have to plummet back down. Yeah. Um, I I could say, for one, like uh maybe some of the charlotte stuff will start to get figured out so she doesn't have to take two victories on raw and also throw the champion uh down into the well maybe we don't have to do that i don't know any so we can figure out a different way uh to push charlotte uh so i just there's been a lot of mixing of rosters um and, and stories that, quite frankly, like as I look back the last couple months, I'm not yeah. really remembering stories as much as I'm just going, well, that person was champion. Uh, so I, I think this gives more opportunity to, to maybe expand the stories, take a little bit more risk, because there is one person in yeah. charge. Uh, yeah, but we had Undertaker. like the
1: we had the Randy Orton and Edge story. We had you know McIntyre's rise. We had Otis's rise. We had Mandy and Sonia becoming relevant. We had Asuka becoming champion. Uh, we had the Street Profits coming out of nowhere, uh, becoming champions. I, you know, we had the AJ Undertaker story. I, I didn't. I didn't think it was that bleak. Those, do you think that those are just too far back? Because I, I just think that they're in some capacity some kind of continuance of like what we're seeing now, because I, I could almost well, say right now, I, I I like all the champions that I, they've selected.
0: I wish I could get on the payroll as a writer, because if saying that Drew McIntyre should be champion after winning the Royal Rumble required a writer, holy shitballs, could I, I could write the shit out of WWE. Bring back Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like that's, I'm just throwing ideas at a dartboard at that point. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I don't know, Mike. I I still, um, yeah. I, I there there's a lot of great writing out there that. Uh, I mean, I, I'm going through my Witcher books for like the third time. Like I, I love those to death. Uh, but I, I'm gonna carry those with me till I die. But I, I'm not carrying Otis and Mandy Rose with me till the day I die. Um, no, I'm not. You know, I'm not saying that it's you know
1: War and Peace, but I, I just the way that the 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 people up top are kind of the way this, the deck is stacked right now I, i'm kind of on board with most of the decisions that they're doing right now
0: no i i got you i'm not i'm not really complaining i i think uh the point is um it's it's more like a like a checkerboard than a, than a chessboard maybe um it's meant There's relevance to the this
1: news. It's just a symbolic gesture because again, we we don't even know which decisions you know somebody like Heyman even pushed. Right. We know that guy has uh, you know he loves hearing himself talk. He loves you know reminding you how right he is. Uh, he's got a massive ego, so I don't know if somebody just turned down one of his ideas or something he tried to push got you know yeah. knocked down. So he just said, "Fuck this, I'm out." And then they just said, "Pritchard, you know, is going to take over." Um, in all likelihood, it's probably something like that, you know, not putting words in Heyman's mouth, but right. I, you know, he got me to this point with, I'm pretty happy with the champion. So I, I kind of like what he's done.
0: Yeah. And I, I, you know, I'm one that's a huge Drew McIntyre fan. I brought my old McIntyre Ziggler t-shirt. Nobody can, really oh, yeah. um, I mean, I I'm a huge fan <laughs> of Drew McIntyre, but I, you know, I'm also one that thought Drew should have been champion year ago anyway um (laughs) hey i you know i'm i'm still watching on a weekly basis but i i think uh my uh yeah chessboard and and checkerboard analogy there is kind of where my head's at i i i think the the pieces need to exist i think you need to have somebody that's getting paid but i i don't i don't know if there's a i don't know if there's a queen piece that we're making sure doesn't get knocked down or if it's just a matter of having enough pieces on the board so you can get a show out the door um i i think i think the idea of of knowing why paul Heyman is is out is probably news like that would be interesting to know uh if that was his decision but we don't you know we don't know it it's it's all really just us going like did bruce write this was this paul Heyman's show was this something that even though it was on Bruce's show that he actually hated? So if he wasn't there, maybe it would have gotten pushed more. I, It's, it's a lot of that kind of stuff. I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a symbolic
1: gesture. We, we don't know who did what, and I don't know if this, I don't know if they would ever be comfortable enough to, you know, kind of explain, you no, know, who took credit for what, you know, cause then that kind of totally shatters, you know, the illusion that any of this is real.
0: My, uh, I can see that my fart got picked up on the microphone so that's good news nice um, oh well, be, you know what let's here's a good transition I just got a phone call from Ortonville Mike mm. let's head on let's head on over to Ortonville while I when do I, when, it go to my voicemail yeah Uh do NXT wrestlers need to slow down? So I, I saw this this title on an article, Mike. Uh, can you give me a little more background on what was going on? Because I'm... I, I'm, you, know,
1: I'm you know how these wrestling stories start. It's, you know, cherry pick one quote and then, uh, you know, extrapolate uh, exponentially a bunch of nonsense. Uh, but basically Randy was saying that, you know, he's getting older. He's not in the ring all the time. He's got more time to watch wrestling. And I guess he was watching NXT with the misses and... Uh, He was really enjoying it. And then he said, you know, he didn't want to name, you know, throw anybody under the bus or anything like that. But he said that the matches would uh, be able to connect with an audience more if these guys just slowed down a little bit. And so I think he was talking about people who, um, you know, some of the lighter wrestlers who, you know, will um, kind of stack spots like boom, 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 boom. And then, you know, they're amazing things, but there's so many amazing things happening in a few seconds. Like they kind of lose their, um, like the impact, you know, the offensive impact because you're just setting up for the, you know, the next, you know, ridiculous move over the top or the, you know, you know, what have you. So I don't think he was necessarily trying to angrily, you know, avengefully, you know, talk about my generation knows what to do. I think he makes a good point. I I think, you know, sometimes these guys do move so quick. Um you you can kind of lose sight of some of the spots. I think that's for me why well, I don't love All right, Jim someone... Cornette.
0: Let's That's what... <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> i
1: kidding. Uh, I wish we had that kind of listen tr- listen I, tr- I want shit. to
0: see this shit of some guy bringing his his hands out in his pockets. I I'm not here for that shit. I
1: No, but here's what I'll say. Like, Ricochet's gone now. He's not even on TV. Uh, He's one of the most physically just impressive specimens you've ever seen in a wrestling ring. But it's almost like he moves so quick, you don't have time to really, like, digest what you just saw. Uh, I almost want him to wrestle a little bit like Keith Lee, where Keith Lee also does high-flying moves. And I know it's a little bit different because he's, you know, a super heavyweight, but they look so much more devastating because – you know, who kind of stand there and you know, pout and preen a little bit before he hits those impact moves, and Ricochet's just going at ninety nine miles an hour. At, you know, and he's not really winning an audience. He's not selling shirts, and he's not getting TV time. Well, what do you think, man?
0: Mike, is is there any credence to the thought that maybe Randy Orton should speed up a little bit, like when he's putting me to sleep with all his bullshit? <laughs> I. You reading Champa's I, tweets over there? Are you reading I, Champa? Can, <laughs> I can't help, uh, but to wonder when I'm watching a Randy Orton match how much NyQuil is still coursing through my veins from the night before. Uh, no, I, I think, I think we're talking. All right, I'm gonna get, <laughs> What Ooh, do I want to do here? Do Talk I, about do the do human quaalude that do is I Randy Orton. Wanna, do I want to give the answer? That is the most boring podcast answer. Or do I just go the other way on this? Like, do I say there's gray areas? Randy's kind of right. He's also kind of wrong. Is that... No, Randy's fucking wrong. He's an old fart. He's got to wake up and realize that if he wants to put on the greatest wrestling match of all time, he can't just be doing headlocks and all that bullshit and walking around the ring. Um, No, I mean... (laughs) I, look, we both respect the hell out of Randy Orton. We know he's one of the best ever. Ever, to, yeah. To ever lace him up. Um, you would be hard-pressed to, like, if you if you put him on your Mount Rushmore, why not? You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Who, <laughs> like, some of the guys that don't belong anymore because uh, even even the likes of, of hulk hogan have done so much to damage the sport despite how much they've done to to raise it up um randy's one of those guys that's just straight up pro wrestling um and, and you can't it as hard pressed as i would be to tell someone to take him off their mount rushmore like i guess that's the direction and the thought i wanted to finish um you know i i, I think it would also be the onus of the viewer like myself to admit that sometimes I pick up my phone during a Randy Orton match, and when things are flying around, you certainly around have time 100...
1: to do it.
0: Yeah. What you certainly
1: have time to do it, I mean, right? Uh,
0: when things are flying around at a 100 miles an hour, I Mike that in your house went by a lickety split, my man. That was, I,
1: I gotta <laughs> say, that I think he makes a fair assessment with some guys, but I. I think that to do it this week, after how excellent uh, In Your House was, you know, I maybe would have waited a week or two before putting
0: that out there. With all of the love that comes in on NXT, and the fact that Randy Orton is now tangled up in this greatest wrestling match ever build, and I've got to think part of that has to deal with how maybe embarrassed Edge and Randy were, with uh, the the reviews and results of their WrestleMania match, is there a a twinge of jealousy coming through for, for good old Randy? I mean, is it possible that, sure, he can tell us right now if he was on the show, no, this is me just trying to give constructive criticism, but is it possible there is also a little bit of jealousy behind this comment?
1: I, I guess I, I kind of feel like he like the more we kind of get information from um, like the undertaker when he uh, you know, does all, now he's doing podcasts, which is the weirdest thing uh, listening to the undertaker and everybody just wants to talk to him about the Montreal screw job. Like, come on, man. It was fucking 1995 or whatever. he gives a shit. Um, but anyway, just the way the undertaker will talk about like the philosophy of his, his character's moveset, you know, I'm going to move, really slow and that it's going to suddenly just pop out of nowhere. You're going to see me do a, you know, a dive over the top rope and people just gasp because, you know, they're so used to me being this, um, just kind of this perpetual doom that it's just kind of slowly coming towards you. And then for that, you know, that lightning strike of violence just kind of, you know, shocks people. I kind of feel like Randy a little bit tries to use that philosophy. So he does wrestle slow. He's not my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, but I think the way he purposefully tries to like be methodical and then drop that you know RKO out of nowhere, I, I think that it is by design a little bit. So I just I just feel like somebody who, who is going to go down as one of the greats, um, is who does have that vision. deliberate pace, um, I think that his criticism does hold hold merit. And I guess Matt, my last question—I don't know if we want to close the book on this discussion topic—but who do you think he was referring to?
0: I mean, it feels like something happened with like a comment with Randy and and uh, Champa before, and then Champa like took took this personally. So I I don't know if Champa like. Oh, thinking, did you like, see, did you see the Twitter
1: exchange? or?
0: Yeah, I, I saw it. Um, uh, I can't really remember. At this yeah, point congrats to
1: everybody at NXT. Uh, hope your thighs are all right. Hashtag leg slap class. And then uh, Champo said something about, you know, I have a baby daughter, and then she had trouble going to sleep. Luckily, I had one of Randy Orton's matches on DVD right. or something. I don't think that this assessment would be applied to Champa, if that's you know what you're getting at. Um, I don't know. I just it it might bleed into another one of our topics. I don't know if it's you know somebody like Dream and Adam Cole, but it's just it's such a tough assessment to point at this week because from uh, you know Charlotte, Rhea, and our new NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai having an A-plus match. Uh, the rest of the women's division having a great tag match. Uh, Champlain Cross had an excellent match. Um, uh, I thought Finn Balor and Damian Priest. I thought that was Priest's best match since he's been in NXT, mm-hmm. and that was one of my favorite Finn matches since... Good God. Um maybe since he fought as demon Balor against Seth Rollins, like that big of a gap. Like that's how much I enjoyed him running in and beating the crap out of priest before the, the bell even rang. Yeah. Um, I like that goofy back alley brawl with dream and Cole. Um, the Gargano Keith Lee match was, was, it was excellent violence. I, this is not the week to have that criticism there. It, it you can use it sometimes, but it was, it was so good. Um, and I, I, I'm I'm ready to move on from Randy. <laughs> I think I think there's some spots, but not this weekend.
0: Um, yeah, Matt, you're, really, you... you're laying me out to to dry there, man. Who do you think it was? Oh, Champa. Well, I think they all had such a great weekend. I, I don't want to say who I thought it was. Well, all if right, I had to point, pick, guys. if I had to pick someone, it
1: would it would maybe be Adam Cole.
0: I mean, yeah, Adam goes for those, uh, you know
1: he loves slapping
0: legs yeah it's it's just about the last five minutes of all of the adam cole matches are (laughs) once those knee pads are down that's about all you got anything from the waist down for adam cole um and i love adam cole matches uh but uh hey i mean (laughs) we're here to critique pro wrestling right so there we go um mike i i i made a topic this week um Here's here's the real the real issue here. So I labeled it as Charlotte versus Asuka. Dot dot dot. Why? What are are we leading into the the long game here, where Asuka is going to always look like she just can't get over Charlotte? Do do we really think this is going to happen, or is Charlotte just always going to have Asuka's number? W- what? What do we need to watch Charlotte get the win over Asuka again (laughs) this past Monday in a non-title match where the story maybe could have been Charlotte loses her NXT title and then falls a little bit farther down. But instead, it's Charlotte lost her title, but she didn't get pinned, and she's right back on top and knocks the Raw champion down a peg. Um, I don't need it. I I don't know how you feel about that.
1: I will say uh, I was I was a, I enjoyed the EO Shirai victory on Sunday because uh, I you know was not Charlotte triumphing so some, somehow so I was I was pretty happy with that so I, I think I was still ri- riding that emotional high uh, when I saw Asuka fall to Charlotte again. Um, I don't know. I mean. A lot of the times what we'll see is that the champion will outside of uh, our beloved McIntyre uh, the champion will lose you know, like baloney matches and then you know gear it back up for the, for the title match um, I just Charlotte you, you you can't not admit she's maybe the best worker female wise. I'm just saying that because I think I can almost guarantee that. Uh, for the women, but the men, I just haven't calculated enough to see if she's really better than, you know, most of them. Um, so I think that in some capacity, you, you just, you have your, your best asset right here and she is Roman Reigns. She is Cena, She is, you know, the rock. They just, they traded her, you know, this is our golden goose. So we got to, you know, put her out there and, you know, maybe have her defeat a champion in a non title match. um, I think it's just more noteworthy for us because in like a like a 5 year span I think she's already a like a 12 or 13 time champion so it just feels like oh man again but by the same token it's it's like this is the goose this is you know the face of the company this is who they send to do you know WWE interviews so I, I I I think I always take the positive angle, and I I just, I can't get too upset, because I I know that's kind of how they like to treat their champions, outside of McIntyre, who just wins everything, and I think we're all happy with that.
0: I I think it just depends on where, like, where do we draw the line with critiquing the show? Because, like, if we flipped the
1: belt, right? If we flipped it, if Asuka was... um... Uh, you know, non-title match against Charlotte. Charlotte was champion. I I would expect to see Asuka win that match and then lose a title match. Okay. Is that kind of... That's kind of my perspective. I don't know if that kind of does anything for you.
0: So one of the problems with Asuka right now is that she was, like, pretty much handed the belt. And we could be in this mode of building her up into, like, a credible champion and all we really have is a match that we absolutely know she's not going to lose to a Nia Jax who can't help but injure everybody she fights so there's no way she's going to be given this belt um so I just I mean a win over Nia still doesn't make a credible champ you have an opportunity to have Asuka maybe find some other way you know like there, there was an opportunity there I feel like to build up at the start of the night where you do this tag team to build up some sort of camaraderie. Maybe Charlotte is, sees this, you know, Asuka as the, the top, the tippy top of all of the competition she could face. So she's got some mutual respect or there's mutual respect built there. And when Nia Jax comes out, um, to cave in Asuka's face, uh, Charlotte could, you know, get in her face and oscar uses that to get the win over charlotte and then that could actually kickstart the feud of charlotte versus oscar that they obviously want to do so badly so I, I mean that you'd have that right there uh oscar could actually get the win over naya and then maybe charlotte does uh interfere somehow if you absolutely need naya to continue for another month Charlotte's interference could actually end the match and you've got a triple threat. And then we end the entire feud at, at SummerSlam, uh, depending on whatever the hell that is. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's there's different ways that this champion, I, I think, could have been built a little bit better. I, I just, I don't know. Um, I think my fear is that we're keeping Charlotte at the top. And of course, uh, another one of the uh, the casualties is is Peyton Rice and Billy Kay this week, who were getting built up, and yeah. then just co- totally crashed down in, uh, you know, the um, uh, the first segment on Raw this week. So, as much uh, you know, as great as it feels for EO to get the win and get the NXT Championship, there is yeah. still in the back of my mind, she still didn't pin Charlotte, so she's kind of like this you know b plus champ kind of thing um where they're bringing the title back down to peg where you've done all this work uh and i I don't know if you saw this tweet from triple h uh or no you know what it was sean ross sap i think is his name on twitter uh journalist for for pro wrestling spoke with triple h triple h said you'll understand in four to six months why charlotte won the nxt title at this point what it looks like is that Charlotte was unbeatable, and now the Riff has the title again. Um, so, I, I I just... It's great that EO has the title. This is what we wanted, but the way that they did it with these different opportunities to, to help build another character, uh, but unfortunately, the only character in mind to keep at the top is Charlotte. Um, that's... I guess that's what really closet me so then the casualties <laughs> this week are the difference between an eo victory over charlotte billy Kane and peyton Rice, and then oscar falling again to charlotte i could look like an idiot right now and everybody's watching this or listening to it and saying yeah but eventually oscar's gonna get over charlotte i don't believe that's a thing i don't think there isn't eventually i think this just continues
1: yeah i uh I, I would say the biggest disservice and you alluded to it for a second was uh naya Jax, who definitely looks like a paper contender at this point um since they're already building charlotte versus Asuka, you know after this uh All after right. this weekend um so it uh is quickly gonna be off the table um it's just this this Sunday when they did the uh, In Your House, um, I just feel like we, we tried to they, – they kind of found a way to make everybody look good. Io obviously left the champion. Charlotte did not get pinned. Rhea only lost because she was in uh, the figure eight, and she took a moonsault right to her face. Uh, I, I don't know if Io knows you're supposed to do it across the midsection, uh, but she splatted my beloved Rhea right in the cheekbone with her knees. Uh, And Rhea obviously just gave a thumbs up. You know, I'm I'm good. Like, bless your heart, you beautiful angel. Um, But um, what a weird feeling for for me, for Rhea, by the way. She's gorgeous, but I also wouldn't mind, like, her upper back and shoulders. Like, she's got crazy uh, athleticism. Uh, But anywho, I thought that what they tried to do is leave that match. All three women look strong. I feel like they did succeed doing that. I didn't feel like Rhea left looking like a bag of diarrhea. Because she's basically eating two finishers at the same time. Charlotte didn't get pinned, so she didn't officially lose the title. If she did get pinned, it just, for me, would mean that Io and Charlotte would have to, you know, have a rivalry for a little bit, you know. And, you know, give me a rematch. So it just kind of feels like they kind of found a way to write Charlotte off. Kind of keep all three women, you know,
0: know, arguably pretty even keel.
1: And then we got a new champion out of
0: Io. Is that what we needed, though? Did we need Charlotte to just be written off NXT after beating Rhea at WrestleMania and <laughs> taking out the competition and kind of just treating the NXT title as like, a, I am taking this for a little bit. Um, a good day. And then off she goes. Yeah, I, I can't really defend that, you know, it would have been a nice
1: WrestleMania moment for Rhea. But, <laughs> uh, you know, Rhea's, what, 23? She'll She'll be fine. She's she's going to be running this company in a few years.
0: I, I'm okay. It, But that's... A th- like, we always say that. We've been saying the same... If Roman Reigns... If we didn't have COVID right now, we'd be looking at a WWE show that refuses... Like, the only reason Roman is not at the top of the company right now is just because he's not there. But think about how many times we've said, this, somebody else will get a shot. No! It's still top... It's still charlotte and roman it does like how many years do we say somebody else will get their shot but just because roman's literally not there is is the only reason we have like a braun strowman drew (laughs) mcintyre uh you know lineup of champions i I can't
1: get mad at hypotheticals i'm just happy with where wrestling's at now I, i I mean, I, I don't doubt that, you know, if Roman was healthy, he'd, you know, probably be, be in title matches, except that, you know, we we kind of have the blueprint for what they did, you know, the past fall and winter and you know, leading into the spring where Roman wasn't necessarily, you know, the only focal point. He was kind of doing, you know, just kind of Roman mid-card matches. He wasn't really gunning for the title every, every pay-per-view. So they... They were kind of getting to that point. It's just now it kind feels like Charlotte is Roman from like, I don't know, 18 months ago. And so she's there for every single belt. Uh, so I'm just, I'm, I'm prepared to, I guess if Rhea got her cool, her, you know, her moment in NXT, everybody, you know, had her on her shoulders. WrestleMania was poop. But if that meant that Io Shirai got to, you know, win a match and become champion, I, you know. Would it have meant more if she pinned Charlotte? Absolutely. It's just... They're trying to protect all these assets. And I'm... I'm as somebody I, who watches Avengers Endgame, probably once every two weeks, I kind of get it. You know, keeping Thanos strong, but you got to keep Thor strong. You got to keep Iron Man strong. You want to make Spider-Man look strong. You want to make Captain America look strong. It's kind of... You know, you got all these pieces you're trying to juggle. And I... I I feel like they're doing okay with that. If I have Eos my champ, Rhea eating two finishers, Charlotte didn't technically get pinned to lose her belt.
0: I mean, we do need to move on, but I, I just, we absolutely do. <laughs> like, like, if you think about that idea that I, I get what you're trying to say about the Avengers, but the only reason Charlotte went over to NXT <laughs> to fight for that title uh was because they wanted to give like they wanted becky to keep sailing along um and and they can't have charlotte lose so it was who's the casualty of charlotte this year uh i to me it's just it's it's not a fun way to watch slash write pro wrestling in my opinion um it it gets you know what it's tough to watch
1: let me know when you're when you have your last point (laughs) I'm going to go after your last point, but go ahead. That's fine. Um, So when Shayna got called up, which, where the fuck did she go? Um, You know, you talked about now that Charlotte left, now we're leaving it to the scraps. I think the NXT women's division was in shambles a little bit because it kind of felt like Shayna and everybody else. But now that I feel like, you know, you have a match where Io and Rhea got to elevate themselves against the best woman, like the most heavily pushed woman in all of the WWE umbrella, it helps elevate the value of that championship. So when they fight for it, it's not just, you know, a couple of kids. It's, you know, two people who are fighting over something that was, you know, held and cherished by the queen, literally, of WWE. So I, I kind of I kind of get her adding value to that gold because, uh, you know, the champion makes the belt. So I, I, I kind of... That- i kind of get it
0: that's only if you put yourself in the mindset that you saw nxt wrestling as like a lesser than and i think you and i loved nxt we loved watching all the takeovers so i for me did i need charlotte to come in and win the title for a bit nope i was gonna watch every takeover regardless i i just from what we see on Twitter, it's just a lot of anger. So I don't know a lot of people that are NXT faithful that needed to see her win the title to believe you know, in that NXT championship. I th- I think there's more to it to let these wrestlers own that belt um, and let that division build it up themselves than to say, this group isn't good enough right now, uh, so we need someone else to step in. I, I still see this as a placeholder for Charlotte and and less of a let's build up the nxt championship and i i think it's very important for us to check in in four five and six months and see what triple h was talking about that the whole reason that charlotte won the nxt title and, and his his idea that it'll all make sense in four to six months i feel like that's just long enough to where they can write 60 more stories that will completely forget that he said that and he can he can you know we can just keep moving <laughs> well you know, EOs still have the belt or something like that. She'll be hey, uh, fighting Shotzi. Matt, speaking of
1: uh you know, months down the road, uh let's let's do this last little nugget. We gotta get into the Wednesday night wars. We gotta we gotta get you all prepped up for backlash here. Uh Matt <laughs> I don't really know why this is out there, but I guess there's stories that Adam Coles, you know, looking over at AEW, everybody having a blast, you know, his wife is getting Really good promo opportunities. She's hitting him out of the park. Uh, young Bucks are about to start fighting FTR in a legitimate tag team feud. You know, all his buddies are hanging out. And he's, oh, shucks, he's stuck in NXT. Yeah. Um, it's, it doesn't sound like there's any real, you know, weight to this, you know, rumor of him leaving NXT. because His contract, apparently, says a year and a half on it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, what, where is this coming from?
0: i'll tell you exactly where this is coming from uh telling these stories about guys moving from wwe to aew is big money on google like when you're doing those google searches so now that fdr has moved on over you've got to start picking other guys so we'll start seeing the adam coles the the champas the garganos uh anybody that's not getting a huge push Uh, i'm sure cesaro's on his way to these articles that's why this is happening I, I don't see Adam Cole quotes and him saying, "Man, I'm really jealous. What's going on at AEW? It's all just hey, that guy knows someone at AEW. Maybe he's coming over. That uh, that is a thousand percent where that that kind of garbage is coming from. It could still I just happen. Feel like, uh,
1: yeah, WWE. I feel like he's not called up because he's not like you know three inches taller. Right. But I feel like the way. Um, AEW pushes you know, uh, the Kip Sabians uh, Sammy Guevara's um, you know, you name it all these guys are like 150 pounds I think Adam Cole would just be a god in AEW, but uh, I mean, he's not complaining now he's a god in NXT, he's the longest reigning men's champion uh, ever, so I, you know, he's making good money he leads Undisputed Era, the most over gimmick for them, you know, you know the best faction since uh, yeah. I don't know evolution nexus like it, the way they get promoted. Uh, you know, I think he's doing fine. Uh, Matt, let's uh, jump into the Wednesday night wars here. A uh, couple weeks in a row now. You've had NXT that continued this week. I had AEW.
0: Um, I know I'm starting to forget what's going on on AEW. Well, you know, God bless it. I'm gonna.
1: I watch. God, I watch both. I gotta say. Matt, ah, damn it. I'm going to say NXT one, So I'm going to give my moment number three here. Um, and it was FTR ba- doing battle with the Butcher and the Blade. Um, it was their first match since they made it to AEW. Uh, their entrance was kind of cool. They just drove up in a truck. It was <laughs> like the shield, if the shield just came flying through the crowd in a truck. Yeah. Um, and then on the way to the ring, uh, Cash Wheeler uh, accidentally got caught, you know, because he's supposed to be mean-mugging his opponents. He, uh, he accidentally got caught doing a little wink to his buddy in the crowd, like a little, and then he went, oh, er. Um, but uh, AEW tried to push the hell out of, this is, you know, you're not going to see any high spots in this match. It's going to be a good old-fashioned, uh, you know, fist fight. Uh, I think they said that about five or six times during the match, um, and it worked. I think I, I don't know what other opponents really at this current juncture uh, would have given that kind of you know old school you know uh, fist fight feel you know um, besides the the butcher and the blade because that's that's kind of how they do that's kind of how they roll. Um, it went well. It, it's just. We're gonna get into it in some other uh, some other moments from AEW, but it, it ended in a big old schmazz and uh, the bucks were flying out there. Uh, the hangman came out in his jeans. Uh, and, uh, Omega came out in his his khaki shorts, which made me feel good as somebody who owns a lot of khaki shorts. Um, and eventually, it looks like these guys are all gonna fight for their, uh, tag team belts at some point. But
0: man, I think I'm finally making the transition out of khaki shorts. I I've been wearing you? like regular old. Short, or you know what? I'm saying cargo. Sh- I'm making a transition on a cargo shirt. I- I'm just wearing oh, regular yeah. I kind of
1: have both now. I used to just have uh the cargo, but now I- I'm i wearing yeah. cargo right now. But the other day, I wore some non cargo, they're like
0: red. So I have red cargo shorts. All right, uh, like May- moment number three from NXT, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae in that segment with Keith Lee and, uh, me and Yim. It's a, uh, mixed gender tag match. Uh, those can get, uh, they can get really frustrating because of the rules and to make sure that same gender's in the ring at the same time. But they definitely took some liberties here and uh including mia yim uh throwing gargano down which you know that that's the kind of thing i think they need to mix in a little bit more uh to get these uh mixed tag matches to to mean a little bit more to me but um it it was a great opportunity for gargano to i've been complaining about gargano for a while including a lot of complaining at the last uh for the for our takeover preview but gargano having his wife get squashed, uh, get absolutely pancaked by Keith Lee, and to use that to roll up Keith and get the win. And then, Mike, they had the opportunity for Candice to be faking, right? Yeah. They totally could have rolled that through as a storyline. It still would have been kind of cool. No, the story was Candice got laid out by Keith Lee on accident. And after Gargano rolled up Keith Lee for the win... He lifted his corpse of a bride and shook her arm in the air and was waving at the camera with a knocked out Candace, like laughing on his way back to the locker room. I love that segment so much. I'm not saying it as like someone who's like, oh, getting married. No, I just, you needed to see like some goofy heel tactics and uh, one of the reasons I like this episode of NXT so much is that it really felt like it was going into the goofy side of things or like, um, I don't know, like uh, like we're, we're stepping outside of this being so serious and this guy's going to punch this guy harder than the other guy. And it's just, that can get pretty boring. But this was an opportunity for Gar- Gargano to have some fun with it, uh, to be a heel, to be a sneaky heel, to be a shitty little you know, shit-eating grin heel, like, using his his wife being knocked out to get the win. I I, I loved all of it, and I thought this helped sell, like, the kind of bad guy that Gargano should be and what he could be successful with, because you know what? He puts on five six-star matches, whatever you want to say, Uh, but um, he's a little guy, and he's fighting Keith Lee. He's got no business in there, so for him to get the win, that's how it should happen. So, Mike, no, you're number two. Before I do it, Matt,
1: um, I want to just read a quote from Jurassic Park, if I may. Uh, Dr. John Hammond. Well, Mr. DNA, where'd you come from, Mr. DNA? From your blood. Just one drop of blood contains billions of strands of DNA. The building blocks alive. A DNA strand like me is a blueprint for building a living thing. And sometimes animals that went extinct millions of years ago, like dinosaurs, left their blueprints behind for us to find. We just had to know where to look. A hundred million years ago, there were mosquitoes, just like today. And just like today, they fed on the blood of animals, even dinosaurs. Sometimes after biting a dinosaur, the mosquito would land on a branch of a tree and get stuck in the sap. After a long time, the tree sap would get hard and become fossilized, just like a dinosaur bone, preserving the mosquito inside. There was a lot of exposition, wasn't it?
0: Where are we going Matthew? with this, Mike?
1: A lot of exposition.
0: Matt, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you
1: son of a bitch. Sammy Guevara was just supposed to fight Colt Cabana, and then it turned into quite a bit of exposition, because then, after Colt Cabana lost, Sammy Guevara was pushed as the uh, face of the the future of wrestling and the company and then his music stopped playing because uh Brody Lee and the Dark Order came out and they picked up Cole Cabana and said hey sorry for the loss tough luck pal and then they just went into the locker room and then Cole Cabana kind of looked around and then as you know uh it's a big Y there's a Y juncture when you go back into Gorilla and AEW And Colt could have gone right, but he went left to follow the Dark Order of Brodie Lee. So then Sammy Guevara's music started playing again. And Sammy's like, yeah, play my music. I won. I'm the best. And then Matt Hardy just started walking out. And he's like, hey. And Sammy Guevara's like, what do you want, you moron? I don't want to fight you. I just won. He's like, I don't want to fight, said Matt Hardy. I want you to not be with Chris Jericho anymore because you're your own wrestler. You don't need Chris Jericho. And Sammy's like, what? And then they started fighting each other, kind of, and then finally went back in the the gorilla. There's a lot of exposition, man. I don't know why we packed five stories into one segment. But as much exposition as that was, Sammy Guevara is getting the attention he deserves. So even if this was a convoluted explanation... Even if AEW tried to stop four to five different stories in a row, I forgot to mention Colt Cabana eventually goes into Brody Lee's office and the door closed. We don't know what happens. But all this was tied into a nothing Guevara-Colt Cabana match because they want to make sure Guevara has his fingerprints all over AEW. So it's moment number two because of how much they're investing in this kid, and he deserves it. Sammy... You Spanish god son of a bitch. I love you. Matt It was a lot. It
0: sounded I like dr- you hated I needed a drink of water. <laughs> I liked it, it like there's a lot to your keep, number four. There's a lot to keep track of. Matt, moment number two. NXT. Uh I gotta go I mean the number one is so easy to pick, but um, I I this is how I had to look this up and use Google Translate just to kind of break the fourth wall here. But uh, Elio de Fantasma is revealed to be Santos Escobar. Oh, no! After after Drake Maverick asks for a gentlemanly rematch uh, for the Cruiserweight Championship, um, I'm saying that uh, Santos Escobar is leading El Orden Oscuro, or Oscuro. Which, of course, in Spanish is the Dark Order. (laughs) No, it's not. He had his two cronies come out. Uh, they're wearing um, uh, the Luchador masks, and then the all black <laughs> from the neck down. I, I just, uh, I thought that was fun, and it, it, it will at least be something that they're, they're infusing some storyline into. I saw that you just copied that. You're throwing it into Google Translate right now. Yes, I am. I can't believe it's the Dark Order. <laughs> Goddammit, WWE. <laughs> no i'm making that up i threw it into google translate oh didn't i call them that.
1: said that on nxt okay no all right
0: jesus <laughs> i wouldn't no. put it past them no no i mean um, mike if they did do that all the po- like hats he- off all the power to them that is the route to go um because they could just claim you know they could just be oh whoops didn't know uh google translate wasn't working oopsies uh but essentially what happened is uh santos escobar uh beats up drake maverick and and i yeah. the point i was coming to uh, before i realized you thought the wwe actually made a spanish dark order uh was that they're actually making a faction that revolves around the cruiserweight division and i just uh, that's great that's fantastic let's infuse some story into that division because we just saw one of the best stories ever in the cruiserweight division with drake maverick making it all the way to the finals and then eventually getting his contract again but uh this just shows some more investment into that division and um anything they can do to make sure that i'm still invested in that division the champion and now you've got uh you know uh a pretty cool-looking heel that, you know, made me think of like uh, shows like Narcos, where you've got this guy looks like a Narcos. Kingpin. Now. Who the hell watches Narcos, man? Give us a Breaking Bad reference. Well, yeah. So you've got like a Breaking Bad Kingpin. Oh, uh, okay. He- I get you now. Okay. Yeah, Breaking <laughs> Bad. Oh man, we're so old. Um, yeah. funsies. Santos Escobar. Keep an eye out, folks. All right, Mike, you're number one. Matt, moment number one. There's no question. It was uh, the best friends fighting Santana Ortiz
1: and Jake Jack Hager. Uh, Jake Jack did later uh, basically put a bid in to fight Cody for the uh, TNT title at Fighter Fest. But uh, Matt, this is a big story because this wasn't just you know a quick little accident, flash in the pan. Uh, it looks like we're gonna get Orange Cassidy v Jericho. Uh, The inner inner circle came out, bludgeoned poor Orange Cassidy with a 20-pound bag of oranges, Um, and Jericho uh, christened him Blood Orange Cassidy. Now, uh, did Jim Ross try to fuck up that joke by calling him, well, looks like he's Blood Orange Cassidy, a second before Jericho said it? You'd be right in assuming that, and it certainly did happen, but... Blood Orange Cassidy was uh, bloody on the ground. He was busted open. Um, and it looks like Jericho is just just filled with rage that this goofball with hands in his pockets was able to get a fast one on him. He even won the match uh, for the best friends. Um, and I think Jericho's, you know, gonna really put his all like Jericho the man is gonna put his all in to get Orange Cassidy over as a wrestler. So it, it looks it's going looks very all promising.
0: in. He's going all he in. Al- he already went double or nothing. Um, He's going all in. Um, know, my camera's. here we go. uh Oh.
1: But um, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a fun schmoz. There's too many schmozzes on AEW. I think there's three to four schmozzes in one two-hour episode. But this one made sense. This one had a bag of oranges, uh, a baseball bat, uh, blood orange Cassidy, a new nickname, and it met. Looks like we're going to launch Cassidy into a feud with one of the GOATs of all time. And that leads us to the winning moment of the Wednesday Night Wars. Matt, what was it?
0: Man, I sure do hate schmoz finishes.
1: All right. <laughs> schmoz finish schmoz? here at
0: NXT. It <laughs> uh... It happens. Mike, I, this match was fantastic, and for Dexter Loomis to be taking on the NXT champ. You know, Mike, I know we were trying to figure out earlier, how how do you elevate a division without having to throw in, I don't know, the like Roman Reigns into NXT? Well, this is how you do it. Because I, I crave the next Dexter Loomis segment. Oh, my God. Was it amazing. Like, he even got beat up by Undisputed Era and still had that moment where, you know, Adam Cole is looking down at Dexter. Uh, so, Ad, Adam gets the gets the victory. Uh, but he's, he's taunting Dexter after the win, after some cheating goes down. And Dexter locks him in. I, I, I'm forgetting what the Dexter finisher is. But, anyway. Is it called it's, The Dark Passenger? I can't remember. Uh, he locks Adam Cole in there. Is it called and, the Mustache Ride? Hell yeah! <laughs> wrenches him around the ring, and you've got undisputed uh, era running back in. Safe. Velvete- he wrenches f- him around the ring. Wrenches. Oh, <laughs> that's a whole new character. Um, I just there's something about the way he walks, like the first half of a match, until he finally, you know, gets taken down a couple times, but he's walking around the ring like like Terminator. And he focuses a lot on just, uh, the strengths kind of like the undertaker too. Uh, but he's also like, he looks insane like this. Um, God, the, the, the blonde hair, like, <laughs> I just, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like the, you know, the Aryan idea. And it's just like, it's those brown God. pants.
1: What? I think it's those brown pants. And the
0: gloved hands. It
1: looks like you went, you know, to, like, try some clothes at at Penny's. And then there's just this shirtless guy trying out pants just staring at you. Jesus. You know, (laughs) kind of creepy. Um,
0: But anyway, uh, so Velveteen gets involved, so he's not done with Undisputed Era. And uh, what happens, you've got uh, Roddy and Bobby Fish fighting all the way to the back with Dexter and Velveteen Dream. So I think we've got a tag match coming up for next week. But! With Adam Cole celebrating in the ring, all the lights go out. Yeah. And Scarlett Bardo walks to the ring with a... Oh, God. What the fuck is it called? What's the, the, the little time the, the time thingy with the sand? Like an hourglass? Yes. She comes out with an hourglass, puts it on the ring, flips it over. Crowd, the fake crowd starts chanting, tick tock. And Carrion Cross is now officially in this main event scene uh, with Adam Cole, and Adam Cole could not have looked more terrified. I, I just he him holding that belt and looking scared of Karrion Cross like this guy yeah. has really been booked to the moon. So in one segment, Mike, without having to get Charlotte Flair Roman Reigns involved, <laughs> you built up Karrion Cross to be the most terrifying Challenger that um, uh, Adam Cole has has faced thus far as since becoming champion. Uh, and second to him is Dexter Loomis and how much he scares Undisputed Era. Um, oh, you know what? And you can't even forget, like the first segment of the night, uh, Roddy keeps running around talking about how Dexter Loomis is somewhere watching him. And then yeah, he's as, seeing apparitions. Yeah. Yeah, as Undisputed Era is leaving the ring, they get a shot of Dexter Loomis in. The crowd and Roddy sees him and, like, does a oh god, there he is. I mean, everything about this episode was about Dexter Loomis, but easily, you know, the winner of the night who gets elevated the most is carrying Kross, who does not even make an appearance. But goddamn, if he doesn't look like one of the most difficult challenges that Adam Cole's gonna have to face, absolutely. And, yeah. and continuing the idea that William Regal versus Adam Cole is the real. Um, feud going on here. I think that's where Regal, you know, tosses the next challenge out, and that's where he goes. You know what? You're fighting Carrying Cross next. Fuck no, man. Um, so just tons of fun up and down on this episode of NXT. If you've given up on NXT, like we were trying, like we were about to do a couple months ago, um, and maybe just focus on the takeovers. This episode had so much in it. And there's so much we didn't even talk about. Like, Breezango's serious now. Uh, into sure Mike, NXT knows how to do an actual squash match. So, if you're looking for some of those, head on over to NXT. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the, the women's division is... Uh, it, it definitely had... Uh, it was sparse in its segments this week. But um, I think after the showing at NXT TakeOver, uh, I think... Everybody needs probably a week to heal up as we move forward. Yeah, you know, uh, the honorable mentions, uh, Cody,
1: it got lost in the shuffle because they're really just pushing Fighter Fest and Cody versus Jake Jack Hager. Um, but Mark, Mark Quinn uh, from Private Party got what I got to say is the first match of anything worth a damn um, on AEW in a singles match. Uh, Sit toe-to-toe, you know, demonstrated that he belongs in the company. Uh, He deserves TV time. He looked really good. Um, And the storyline of the match was that he got hurt on a top rope dive. Um, You know, he didn't really. It's just a story. Um, And uh, that's why he couldn't triumph over Cody. And then the other person who looked really good, Matt, um, uh, Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander fought um, Nyla Rose and um, that Penelope Ford. And Penelope Ford was the highlight of those four women. Uh, she got to get the finish in. She got the pin in. Um And it just looks like, you know, uh, now they're adding another competent piece, you know, as, as Penelope develops, um, another competent piece to that women's division. So it was
0: and, and uh, it was promising. Quick happy birthday to Hikaru Shida because uh, she, she tweeted out, I thought this was the worst birthday ever, but I got so many birthday wishes. Now I'm happy. Huh. It was super cute. Uh, so I think by the time this comes out, we'll be two days behind on that birthday, but uh, happy birthday. All right. All right. Let's do it, Matt. Backlash. Before we do that, real quick, um, we've got, we, I, I said on Twitter that if we can get some hot takes on uh, Paul Heyman and uh, Bruce uh, Pritchard. Yeah. That we were going to read them. So uh, our favorite, Amy, coming at us with some hot takes. Uh, I, I, I love this, uh, <laughs> with the looming theocracy that threatens our nation, uh, it seems fitting for the blue brand that airs on Fox, uh, in, in regards to Bruce, uh, brother love will heal the blind and lame while turning <laughs> critical thinking into a myth of, old. Oh. Uh, and again, this is, uh, at Amy Dalton girl. Uh, if you guys want to find her on Twitter, uh, she's an absolute joy and I wish we could get more gems like this, but she continued. Uh, she does want to hear Vince Russo's take on this, Mike. Uh, but also Pritchard named his son Kane. That is just weird considering he managed Taker when he was called Kane. Uh, can we say oh. man crush maybe, uh, for Brucie? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, here, here's her final thought. All joking aside, I, I think highly of Paul Heyman and I think this is a poor choice for WWE. I, I, I think just to respond to what amy's saying there um and amy again thank you so much you know we love you um i just wish we knew more about what paul Heyman was doing about what uh what bruce is doing what this actually means and uh mike uh, you know you were saying it earlier you you enjoy the writing so it's kind of the same way that our our father used to tell us uh how to vote was are you happier over the last four years or are you angry and then you make a decision on president based on that um i think even though i've had a baby i think we could all agree that the world is much worse off after the last (laughs) four years Uh, but that's the same thing with selecting these writers if you've enjoyed the writing uh and of course how could i be upset with drew mcintyre being champion and uh we had becky lynch for such a long time and now Asuka's my my women's champion uh, how, so you're how, coming around to my side. I'm, I'm saying you Welcome made good aboard. points right now. Welcome aboard. Hi, Welcome you're aboard. such a hunk of garbage sometimes. <laughs> you know, There's plenty of room on the old bandwagon. Woo-hoo. So what I was about to say is this fucking idiot over here, you know what he said? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Ready I, to I do mean,
0: backlash, Matt? No. We're done now. No! Yeah, we're done. You, okay. you fucked up. I was complimenting you, and you you talked over my compliments for you. Unbelievable. <laughs> See, folks, <clears throat> when you're a brother of discussion, unfortunately, every year that you've been alive means you've also been a brother in real life. And, oh my god, just... So many <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's talk backlash. Uh, let's start <coughs> Let's start at the top of the card and work our way to Apollo Crews versus Andrade.
1: The real main event. I'm just kidding. For real, real fans only.
0: No, this is right. we shouldn't make fun of this because we've been begging for this match forever. Not only begging for it from the sense that we want Apollo Crews to actually be doing something that matters, uh, but from the sense that Andrade should be a part of huge... Matches, regardless if it's a mid card title or a main event title, Andrade should be involved. He should not be forgotten when it comes to pay per views, main events on the regular show. Andrade's where it's at. Um, so the fear would be not, you know, having this be a loss. Uh, really, neither one of these guys can really take a loss, so we need this feud to continue, I think, ultimately, is what we're looking at. Um. Uh,
1: yes. So, we've wanted Apollo to actually get a chance for a long time. He's
0: getting that chance. Um, My cut take, 8... is Apollo the greatest U.S. champion of all time?
1: Uh, no, it'd be John Cena. So, Apollo Cruz on Monday, they they pushed him out, said, All
0: right, little fellow, you go out there and you cut a promo. You say
1: you're the best and you like to fight. And then at the end, you say Kevin Owens as loud as you can, okay? And so, Apollo Cruz went, Hey, it's me, Apollo Cruz.'" I'm the champion. I don't know who I'm going to fight. It could be Angel. It
0: could be on Friday, Or it could be Commodoreons.
1: And it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. I don't know why they set him out there to fail. But Matt, as somebody who uh, used to do stand-up comedy, you are going to suck when you first start. You just need to get out there and get some reps. So Matt, after he wins on Sunday... Kick them right out there to start off Monday
0: and do the opening show promo. Because way you're going to learn to swim is you got to toss them right in the pool. Put them right in the fire. All right. So we're not going to be watching Oscar, Charlotte, uh, Edge, Randy, or Drew McIntyre. We're going to be watching Apollo Crews. Open Apollo Crews first, off Monday folks. night. That's the only way to learn. <laughs> Throw them right in the fire. So Woo! absolutely the only way for this to continue has to be getting Kevin Owens involved. Uh, if it becomes a triple th- uh, threat moving forward, that can, ke- you know, get Kevin Owens involved with Apollo Crews because that is one of the best talkers in the game. And what he does well is make you look good too. He's the Conan O'Brien of pro wrestling. So get Kevin Owens in there. I, I think Mike, absolutely. Pro wrestling wise, the, the actual wrestling in the ring, these guys will tell an amazing story on Drada and Apollo. Promo-wise, this is the absolute worst pick of all time for Apollo for a guy a who's so green. What a mishmash. Give him, give him a guy that <laughs> has a manager because he does not, the, the English language is not his first language. So, absolutely terrible pick. Uh, now, if we can get a promo segment going of Zelina Vega, Kevin Owens, and uh, Apollo Crews, I'm all for it. Give me that. Ten days that's, a week. Uh, that has to be a, that has that, uh, that has to eventually
1: be what we're building to. So Kevin Owens can carry Apollo as a friend for a little while while they feud with uh, you know absolutely. This, you know Mrs. So, Mrs. Alistair and all that. So that's what we're, we're, we're
0: hoping for. Kevin, help Apollo get over. I think Kevin wants to. So we're on the same page here. Nobody wins. Alright. <laughs> Moving on, uh, we've got Bailey and Sasha Banks as uh, the new champs. So you got double champ Bailey versus uh, Alexa, Nikki Cross, and uh, the Iconics. Who should win here, Mike? Absolutely, it should be the Iconics. And for every week that Sasha Banks is reminded that she should be turning on Bailey, oh, are we finally gonna get it, or are Sasha and Bailey gonna keep winning? Keep burying the swim. Just bury it down. Just make it a three-woman division. Just uh, down on the gut down there. Go, go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> at some point they're gonna do this Sasha Bailey story, right? Is is this is this is this it? Because it wasn't the past like ten times that we thought it was gonna happen. I
0: are we waiting for think- the crowd? I,
1: maybe I just like maybe this is because I I thought it was gonna be something we see at WrestleMania, you know. Now maybe it's gonna happen at SummerSlam. I, it's almost to the point now, like now the match won't. It's like uh, we, you know we're over it. You guys are friends now. Don't don't
0: break up. Oh jeez. Like, oh jeez. The most not don't, don't do conclusion. it on my account. Just <laughs> I want No, I don't want you to do it now. It's meaningless now.
1: Yeah, it's it's that's you the know, Bruce that's the, the Bruce only writing
0: room. The only the
1: only saving grace for them putting it off is they put off the McIntyre push much farther than either of us ever thought they could, and it still is satisfying. So whoever did the McIntyre story, if you're also really doing a slow burn, just letting that grilled cheese just sit on the pan. You know the bread's not even brown yet. The cheese is not; it's still cold. That's what they're doing with this Bailey and Sasha story. Matt, most satisfying ending. I have to think we agree on this one. Is the Iconics having another opportunity to gloat every single week on ev- across all different brands of women's wrestling about how great they are? But we're doing the slow burn grilled cheese, so I think Bailey and Sasha go over. Yeah, <laughs> Matt in a few that uh, nobody wants to see. It's Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Oh, um, the most satisfying. I think we're in the minority. Is a uh, no. I don't like the way they're exploiting Jeff Hardy's um, you know issues with addiction, his mental health. It's the weirdest thing. It's the timing of it is just baffling, um, especially when they had a segment of. Uh, you know, police arresting people out in the street. Uh, ba- basically, the day after, um, you know, the protests got, you know, a little more than they could have in Minnesota. Um, it just seems like the most tone-deaf segment WWE has going right now. Please, let Sheamus win this in a squash. I want this over. <laughs>
0: uh yeah, like I said, I, I don't understand why uh, I do feel like I'm in the minority for this. I, I don't know. I, it's even tough to talk about because it feels like we have to tiptoe around it. And for the for what you were just bringing up, But anyway, um, I, I think, yeah, this, the sooner that this is done, the sooner we give Jeff his final whatever we're supposed to be giving Jeff right now, Let's just have that happen and let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. Same uh, thing with this, talking about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, the next match is Asuka defending her title against Nia Jax. Um, we both would want Asuka to win going in. Uh, we've definitely become disenfranchised with Nia because she's hurt so many of our beloved women's wrestlers. Uh, the latest casualty being uh, Kyrie Singh. Um Nia is absolutely. We alluded to it earlier. She's a she's a paper contender. They're already thinking about. They're already building that Charlotte versus Asuka, Asuka match, probably at Summerslam. This is uh, this is a rough one. Uh, it doesn't feel good for anybody involved. Um, again, this is another match that should probably be as short as possible.
0: I wish. I, I just know they love giving Nia time. I I feel like short as possible just keep Asuka as healthy as possible um let's you know if we have to let's end it quick with a charlotte you know some charlotte interference and then maybe naya will trip on her way up the ramp and she'll get hurt and then we can just move on from this one um yeah i'm just i'm not a fan of it because i i, I am pretty upset that naya jack still gets these opportunities um think about how cool it would be if we make it to survivor series and we have EO oscar and maybe Kyrie Sane, if she stops getting hurt by Nia Jax holding a title, and we could have a triple threat there. How fucking amazing would that triple threat be? Woo! Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, for that to happen, we need less Nia Jax, less gashed open heads, and more Asuka victories. So uh, Asuka all the way. I, I hate that I'm throwing away this pay-per-view like this, because last week we gave... Way more credence that uh, TakeOver. But uh, moving on to Braun Strowman versus The Miz and John Morrison. Mike, there's absolutely no way Braun Strowman is losing in this handicap match because the whole idea is to just keep building up Braun Strowman to being a powerhouse. So that's why you throw him in a handicap match because you get to uh, keep, that, keep the title on his shoulder. Um, unfortunately, The Miz and John Morrison get buried, but I don't think that's what their characters are all about. If they were ever going to win a title it's money in the bank it's a roll-up it's a uh, six guys or a triple threat so no worries there for miz and john morrison but um yeah something's gonna yeah. happen here with the fiend and uh we'll, we'll start leading into the SummerSlam fiend braun Strowman match yeah i mean
1: uh i think that's that's the best
0: um that's the rooting
1: interest is who's gonna who's gonna run in um uh, you know, is it going to be the Fiend? Is it going to be Otis? Is it going to be you know Mandy? Uh, this this match is is there's no way we're only going to see three people. Uh, there's probably going to be five, six, seven people by the time this is all said and done. I,
0: you um, know, I I would keep Otis so far away at this point. I I don't know.
1: There's just there aren't a lot of people who can defeat Braun and you know have both people leave the match looking strong. It's 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 almost the Fiend and Roman. And that's it. Yeah. So I I expect to see a lot. Of, I expect to see a lot of uh, a lot of man meat out there. I think uh, I think my boy Otis is going to make a cameo. Um, you know, maybe the fiend. You know, uh, gets a little epilogue at the end of this match. Uh, but Matt, <sighs> Drews. Drew's big uh, he got a big uh, title defense. He's gonna fight Bob Lashley. I think I, you and I, when we tweet, we get a lot of pushback. When we, um, we don't, we don't, we're not the biggest fans of Bobby Lashley. Uh, I've never been enamored of his his mic work, uh, his, his power moves. I always feel like he's, I don't know, trying to hold like a bunch of watermelons, and he's always like dropping somebody. Uh, but but Drew McIntyre is an excellent champion Um, and I I think he's going to be somebody who can help make Bobby not look like a a bag of diarrhea at least in our eyes you know we're not big fans of him Um, Matt do you see this match Uh, what are your expectations for this one
0: there's wants and needs with everything uh i would love to see drew mcintyre just go over bobby quick and and just keep building up drew but uh drew drew's been doing such a great job even even going for a while with the big show and having that like like i remember after wrestlemania i said holy shit that should have been the main event of wrestlemania that mcintyre big show match woo, a plus uh and then of course we've got the seth rollins match which was fantastic so, <sighs> all right, Bobby Lashley is fine at what he does. And what does he do? Um, he he greases himself up, and he looks really tough. Ooh, I'm, I'm really tough. I'm really strong. Oh, look at this. <laughs> uh, that's, that's my Justin Ryland uh, impression. But anyway, uh, I don't need Bobby to be champion. Uh, we've got some issues here with, um, you know, him holding the belt and actually being able to like move a storyline forward or uh, help it progress with his uh, green abilities on the mic. So uh, you look at the other side of the ring and Drew McIntyre's not only m- had these amazing matches since becoming champion, uh, he's been having so much fun on the mic and it's just oozing confidence. I, 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 this is, this was my fear of at least the booking was that now we were gonna look at this and go, uh, oh, Drew's getting overbooked," but it's because we're waiting for like an actual good contender to to show up. And uh, this was, oh shit, Mike, I think uh, maybe your microphone popped out or something. Did it? Is. Okay. I don't know. I just heard like a highway for a second. Uh, but anyway. Oh no! Somebody um... drove by. Sorry. Oh okay. <laughs> uh, but you know, the the point I was getting at was. Uh, the only be- negative to come out of this is is Drew winning too easily and having the Twitter universe get too upset at at that result. But really, this isn't this isn't it. You know, like this isn't the big rivalry for Drew. This isn't the big match. This isn't that opportunity or that you know the the opportunity he's handing out uh, for possibly losing the title. This is just getting him to SummerSlam.
1: You know, it's kind of a it's kind of a puzzling decision uh, to have him fight Bobby if only because this company so badly wants Bobby to get over but they're gonna have him fight drew and the way they've booked drew is he kicks out of finishers at one uh, he kicks out of Brock Lesnar moves at one and now they want him to go up against Bob Lashley and make him look you know legitimate and it's just for McIntyre to treat like the upper echelon of WWE, you know, kicking out at one, you know, and laughing yeah. off some of their moves, and now to like try and uh, drag, like drag Bobby up to that level, it just, it just really feels like a no win situation for Lashley. Um, oh, absolutely. Like for me, that's the hardest question: is what's the best case scenario for him? I, you know, a longer, you know, 15, 20 minutes, and not getting annihilated. But <laughs> it's like why they even why they put it's like they Put him in a lose, lose situation.
0: Yeah. I, I think, I think that, uh, even though you and I are, are admitted, like not huge fans of Bobby and I, uh, I think there's so many other folks that, uh, have so it's, amazing Matt, look at that it that this way. Be. Like you like, you know how we talked about Apollo Cruz and
1: Andrade. This is on the same, same card. Um, somebody told me it's, it's, uh, like the person that you vibe with the most, it's like playing tennis. Right. So you play tennis with somebody who's at your level. Mm-hmm. So Apollo and Andrade are both at the same level, like microphone wise and you know, wrestling wise. But it just feels like McIntyre and Bob are not they're not gonna be able to play tennis because McIntyre is literally he's like the two thousand sixteen Golden State Warriors. He's just incredible at everything. Everything across the board. And then Bob's got to go in there and be like, man, I, I haven't had a push in like years. And now you're going to make me go against a guy who's just every single at bat is a grand slam. He somehow gets people in front of him on base and gets four run home runs every single time he performs. You want me to go in that? That's eh, backlash. Yeah. It's just, I feel kind of bad for Bob. It's not, it's not fair to put him up against McIntyre. This is like his championship opportunity.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, I, that that actually, like, to feel bad for Bobby makes sense. I, I still... I and know. I love Drew. I just,
1: I'm I i, I I'm pumped to see Drew, you know, win and look good doing it because he's, he's going to. It's just, man, you kind of feel for Bob. But that's is
0: uh, it... I was going to but is it, like... I mean he's not really going to win and he gets to be on TV and he's on, you know, he's in a main event. Yeah. You
1: know, yeah. I'm talking about Bob, the character, I guess, but Matt, (laughs) we both went, we're both picking Drew should win. Drew should hold the belt for the next four to five years. Uh, Let's go to the greatest wrestling match in the history of organized wrestling. Matt edge, Randy Orton. It's already taped. It's already in the can. Somebody's already editing it right now. They're uh, uh, they're doing um, uh, a deep fake of probably AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan and putting Edge and Randy Orton's faces on it. Uh, okay. Sounds like it's gonna be really good. <laughs> How? Let me ask you this. It's uh, it's not gonna be AJ versus Daniel Bryan. Which, I thought that was supposed to be happening on this card. It's not to be seen. Right.
0: That is why, like... Is that why they moved <laughs> yes. it? That is absolutely <laughs> why it's on SmackDown. <laughs> because they didn't want everybody going, wait, I thought... Um...
1: So, it's going to be uh, the Simpsons movie. Oh, it's the worst day of my life, Dad. Worst day of your life so far. <laughs> so, this is greatest wrestling match so far. Just wait till SmackDown when Daniel Bryan and AJ come at it.
0: Is that why? Did we just figure it out? That's why it's not on Backlash? Absolutely. I think the two of them are gonna want to go through SmackDown and say, These these fuckers, these old farts well, I guess they're old farts too. Well these other old farts think they're gonna have the greatest wrestling match of all time. Oh. I regret I
1: regret not realizing that till this moment. I think they could have <laughs> opened our show, but
0: <laughs> I mean I mean, Edge and Edge, it's Edge.
1: Right. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to love it because Edge is the best. And Randy Orton's a Hall of Famer. It's, you know, it's going to be good. It's just, that's the hot tag. Matt, is it going to be
0: better than Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles? All right. What are the chances that that match doesn't end clean so that they do put it on backlash? Because that also kind of feels like a regular WWE thing to do, right?
1: Uh, um, yeah. I think that you, you, we just accidentally stumbled on such a good point. Like (laughs) you don't
0: want to go back on it. Okay. So they're
1: not going to want to overshadow edge and Orton the way they've built it. You
0: know, a pre-show AJ versus Daniel, you know, outdo it. Well, I, I, we went over this weeks ago when they first announced it, Mike, this will be the greatest wrestling match ever in my book if this ends in, like, two seconds, like, if they give us the big fuck you and really spin it on us because everybody was complaining about how long the Edge and Orton match was at WrestleMania, that this one ends with, like, one RKO and you don't even get, like, the returning hero winning. You get the the evil bad guy, Randy, winning. Yeah, uh, seven stars for me. If they, give, if they turn around and give us that, seven stars from the brothers who just... From Matt of the Brothers of Discussion. Uh, That's what I need to see to get your seven stars. Um, Now, if you want 15 stars, uh... (laughs) then uh, Randy RKO's
1: Beth Phoenix and Edge, one on each shoulder, (laughs) boom, and then pins both of them. And then Randy and his wife drag out a mattress and have rated our sex
0: on top of them. That would be a 15-star match. We should come up with a grading scale where they have to do, like, some sort of, like, Dragon Ball Z air fighting to get 15 stars. (laughs) There's no
1: outcome that will make me leave. There's no way I'm going to leave Sunday night going, man, that was the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) I'm telling you, if they they swerve us, absolutely. If I'm rolling on the couch laughing while I'm scarfing (laughs) down pizza on Sunday night... It will be the greatest wrestling match of all time.
1: Because, look, the way you and I grade wrestling matches, it's not, you know, uh, did you see that, uh, you know, lumbar hold, sashayed
0: into a knee bar elbow joint, you know, dragon lock. Well, you do a better job of that than I do, but I, I'm just like, I didn't like this. But go ahead. I just, it's, uh, it's like with a movie. It's,
1: I don't just watch, you know, for the greatest special effects of all time. That's my favorite movie. It's something that makes me feel something. Is there something that can happen in this match that you will feel so strongly for that you'll be like, I'll be goddamned. That was a pretty excellent match. And then you just yeah. got to sit there and measure it against all the other great matches all of right.
0: your life. Here it is. This is it. This will be the part that I cut and I turn it into an end. And I, I love Edge to death and I don't want to see any pain come to him but when we talk about a cinematic ending to his career if he laid out Randy so hard with a spear to get the win that this and this double ended his career like if if you could somehow hear the inner monologue of him thinking like if I do this one more time this really is it and this is the 18th spear that Randy's about to take in a row and his spine is screaming. And you can, you can feel it through the television. And he comes, you know, runs, and, and just, like, organically, it comes out in slow motion. Like, nobody's hitting a button. I just mean, like, nature gets involved. The earth starts to shake down in Florida underneath them. And he rips right, and Randy rips in half. I mean, in two pieces. There's Randy over there, Randy over there. And then there's just an edge on top of whatever Randy fell down in the ring, whatever piece, maybe his, his thigh, slaps his hand down. Oh, my God. I just threw my headphones out of my ear. But he slaps his hand down on Randy's thigh. Tommaso Ciampa's roaring with laughter on the other side of the glass. <laughs> Ref counts to three. That, Mike. I just booked the greatest wrestling match ever. I don't want... See, I'll take... I'll take the end of Edge's career part two. I don't want him to do a Randy the Ram and go down for the double flying elbow and have a heart attack. I don't know. But I'll, I'll take maybe just like kayfabe, like end of his career. I think that's what I want. I, I don't want Edge to actually get hurt. But I will take Randy Orton literally splitting in half. That's fine. Go guess. Split him in half. Have him fly out in different directions. All right, Mike, your turn. You're supposed to say yes, and the only, the only thing I
1: could think of is, and it's already ruined. Is I, I, I heard that they, you know, filmed it early. They had NXT people, uh, like hanging out outside the ring. The only thing I could think of is if they kind of shot it <clears throat> a little bit, like with The Fiend and Cena, or kind of like you know when Rocky would fight, um, Rocky Balboa. And it was kind of like you couldn't even see the crowd. So for them to kind of just darken the arena, and all you can see is these two guys go at it, kind of like an old-school boxing match. Yeah. Um, and you know Edge is a pretty good actor. So I, I, I think something along those lines where you actually see blood, sweat, and tears, you know, with almost just no crowd, just the two of them, you know, chirping at each other and wrestling, I think that's that's their best shot.
0: That's the best point to bring up, is Edge is an actual paid actor. Um, I lost I lost my, this is a good time to to make our picks and wrap it up, because I lost the part that goes in my ear, so it hurts. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just putting, like, a piece of hard plastic in my ear instead of a rubber Well,
1: piece. one quick thing while you're doing that, um, after his comments this week, Matt, are we about to see the slowest wrestling match ever? too soon okay uh matt so are you picking edge or randy
0: um official pick randy orton
1: yeah this smells like it's gonna be uh a, you know a little bit of a yeah. back and forth
0: give me empire uh, strikes back absolutely yeah, give me randy all day greatest star wars of all time empire strikes back uh this match ends with a uh heel victory edge is losing a hand all right. It's gonna be the it's gonna be the last Jedi. Yeah, be
1: really, really excellent, and then it's just gonna go off the rails for the third check.
0: <laughs> All right, folks, uh, thank you for tuning in again. If you're watching on YouTube, I think I will be on the right hand side. So if you could click that subscribe in the uh, lower right hand corner, that's where it's at, right? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's on the right, it's, right side. Click that button. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, and if you're watching us on IGTV, please share it to your story. That would be fantastic. And let the world know about the Brothers in Discussion. Uh, and Apple Podcast is the best place to uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast to help us get some more five-star ratings. That's right. We only have five-star ratings. Uh, don't go in there and break that streak. Please, God. <laughs> um, but also, we have those uh, links on BODpodcast.com where you can get buy two, get one free on your CBD products from CBDmedic.com and also anchor.fm slash brothers of discussion. If you have the means and you've been enjoying the show and you want to help us uh, help support what we do to put this all together, all the content's still going to be free for you. Uh, This is just an opportunity for you to give back and we would greatly appreciate it. We'll give you the shout out. We'll give you all the time in the world. Anything you want from us, we will return the favor. Um, You just want to to hang out and chat, but uh, essentially this is just a spot. Uh, if you, if, it's kind of like going into a museum, and you donate to, to get in. Uh, you don't have to donate. Uh, it's greatly appreciated, and that's kind of I think how we should we should talk about that going forward. Uh, again, big shout out to Amy. Uh, thank you so much for being the per- first person to jump on board. Um, you you know, we loved hanging out with you. So um, I you know, I, I could not have been less surprised that it was you, Amy, and uh, but more touched. So uh, thank you so much. I-, I hope I put that eloquently. Mike, uh, let's uh, sail off into the sunset and everybody enjoy Backlash. Have a good one. Woo!